You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Excited to share a conversation with you all that I'm having with a good friend of mine. This is David Santa Stephen, worship leader based out of Pittsburgh and now all over the USA. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks, Curtis, for you know bringing me on this. Um, you know, my heart is all about uh, worship pastors and worship leaders and helping us all do what we do effectively and. So, yeah, I'm from the Pittsburgh, PA area, born and raised there, Woo. and uh, was a, yeah, go Steelers, right? <laughs> Come on, Curtis. It's been I a rough year, know. rough year for Steelers fans. It's been a fans. rough year, rough year. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, on staff at Allison Park Church there in Pittsburgh for 11 years, wonderful church planning, church and um, just love leading worship. You know, I, I, I just kind of started out taking piano lessons as a young kid, kind of hated it, you know, but God did something in my heart where he fused this desire for music and this, this passion for his presence. And I just knew when I had experienced the presence of God for the first time, I wanted other people to experience the reality of that. Wow. And so that's what I've kind of dedicated my life to is, is uh, to helping worship pastors and worship leaders create atmospheres where people are connecting with God and encountering the real presence of God. And so I uh, did that for 11 years in, in my local church, the church I grew up in. And um, almost three years ago, we just set out as a family to travel full time. So we were totally crazy and sold our house and we <laughs> bought an RV and we hit the road and have been on the road around the country for the last few years, uh, just kind of serving a lot of different local churches, leading worship, doing some coaching and training and workshops, and uh, just serving churches in, in whatever way that we can, as well as just being together as a family and uh, seeing the country. So it's been uh, an awesome journey, tons of fun. God's doing a lot of great stuff, and uh, we're loving every minute of it. Man, that's incredible. Now, Dave, you have a podcast that's been running for how many years now? Man, I'm terrible with like the timetable, but <laughs> I would say it's probably been going on for, for like seven years. Wow. Um, long time. Yeah. And tell our, tell our listeners just a little bit about the podcast. What got you involved in that? Because it's an amazing podcast, great resource. Uh, I listen to it all the time. And I mean, David has interviewed everybody from people in the Bethel camp, Hillsong, Tomlin, uh, and just legends in the worship world. What got you into that? And, and I look at something like a resource with a podcast, and you're able to kind of bump into different people's anointings all over the place. Mm. Um, I think that's such a cool and unique experience. How, how did you get into that, man? Yeah, I think it started just with I've I've always had a passion for like teaching and mm. training. Um, that's that's just been reflected kind of in my style, even as a worship leader, in approaching it less as an artist and a and a performer and more of a almost like a coach, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I've just always really loved that, like investing in others and, and creating a resource. So it started as a blog, you know, where I blogged every day for two years and wow. just started creating, you know, resources and articles based on what I was failing at, what I was learning about, you know, as a young 
a young kid in full-time ministry at my church. And I just saw those, those articles spread, you know, mm-hmm. um, different worship pastors reaching out to me saying, Hey, we're, we're using your, your blog posts for our like worship team devos. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. I'm wow. super humbled and honored, you know? And, uh, I saw just podcasting kind of just starting to grow, you know, and I'm not like an early adopter type. So I wasn't like super early on the podcast scene, but I just saw that it was a, you know, a communication platform that was really starting to take off. So I was like, let's try this, you know? And so I just started reaching out to people, you know, I had zero listeners, right. And you just got to ask people, Hey, you want to come on my worship podcast? (laughs) And I was surprised by how many people just said, yeah, absolutely. You know? So I just started doing interviews every single week, editing those down. I'm super nervous to even listen to those early episodes, you know, just for (laughs) the audio, uh, how terrible it is, you know, but you got to start somewhere. That's the truth with anything that you do. And you know, this Curtis, you're like an entrepreneur and you're a builder. Like you can't wait for the perfect situation to start something. You just got to like put one foot in front of the other and do it and learn as you go, Mm. you know? So man, uh, that's kind of how it started to be a resource. And it's just been wonderful to be able to, connect and just get inside the head of some of these these artists and songwriters and leaders that we look up to and just go behind the scenes a bit you know mm-hmm. behind the scenes of the songs into the life and the ministry that mm. these, these people are are doing you know so uh it's tons of fun and it's called beyond sunday right it is beyond sunday not beyonce no, so nice. have, to, have you have had that have you had that, that distinction have debate <laughs> I have. Um, That's amazing. Beyond Sunday. Beyonce. Um, (laughs) Man, I love what you just shared because I think so many of us that are listening to this and, and, and just in the worship space, you know, we're creatives, we're artists, we like to write. Um, but the discipline side of what you've done, not only with the podcast, but, you know, your songwriting, and we'll get into that a little bit, but it's, it's taking that first step. How do you... Um, kind of stay on the track of being disciplined when there's so many different things pulling at your capacity and and demanding your time. You know, some of the worship leaders that are in the camp are wearing multiple hats, you know, and I think you've been there, done that, um, where you might have, you know, uh, I got to lead the worship and then I've got to, you know, plan out and be an ad- administrator at times. And then I'm, I'm actually leading the youth service this Wednesday and I'm doing this, that, and the other. How do you yep. stay disciplined and focused on the things that you really feel passionate about and to see that come to fruition? Yeah. Great question, man. I'm by no means an expert at this, but I think you, you just have to get crystal clear on what you want and what God's called you to do. Hmm. Because if you don't determine what you're going to do with your life, someone else is going to determine it for you. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're going to be, your life is going to be a response to your emails rather than like a focused, like, here's what I'm chasing down, you know? Wow. And that doesn't mean like, you know, stop responding to email because you'll lose your job really quick in (laughs) ministry if you don't get back to people. So I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is get just getting crystal clear on what it is you want. And I think a lot of leaders just fail to ask that question because they're sort of waiting for something to happen to them or they're waiting for somebody to decide what their next step is. If you're a worship pastor, man, what do you want to see happen? You know, obviously with collaboration with your lead pastor, like, what do you, what do you want to chase down this year? Like, what's the big thing? Mm. So for me, it's like just getting clear on that. When I started my blog, it was just like, I committed to it. 
I said, I'm just going to start doing this. Um, and so there were days I'd wake up early in the morning, you know, before my kids woke up and, and I didn't, I knew I committed to post a blog for that day and I didn't know what I was going to write about, but I just started writing, you know, Curtis, you know what that's like as an author. Like sometimes you just got to sit in front of that blank screen and just let it flow even when you don't feel it. Yeah. And I think it's just that commitment to doing it. You surprise yourself create creatively when you just, when you just put it out there, right. And sort of chase it down. And so I think it's just getting clear in what you want. You know, when I decided to do a podcast, I just made a decision. I wrote, I put it in writing. I'm going to do this. Right. And I just like committed to it Mm. and uh, stay focused on it. So um, just the biggest thing I would say, and this is super simple is, is to write down what you want, put it in writing. You know, I use a, it's called a full focus planner. I've been using this for the last couple of years and it's, it's funny, you know, with all the technology we have, what's probably helped me the most these last couple of years is having a paper planner where I just look at every day and say, here's, here's the big three things I'm going to get done today to move my goals a little bit further, you know, and it's keeping the big mm. picture in mind in the midst of the grind, in the midst of the whirlwind, you know, of craziness, um, staying focused on what really matters and making sure that it's not, it can't be 400 things, you know, um, it has to be like, okay, maybe there's like 17 things I want to do this year, but r- this quarter, these three months, here's what I'm going to focus on. And then you put something else off for later in the year, you know, so you got to prioritize what's important. That's so good, man. I read this book. It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. Yeah. And, and he, uh, you know, she talks about a conversation that happened with uh, Warren Buffett when he took a flight. Uh, it was a private flight because it's Warren Buffett. And he gets into this plane and the pilot just starts asking him all of these questions, you know, financial goals and entrepreneurship because it's Warren Buffett. And, um, and the you know, Warren says to the pilot, uh, you know, Here's what I want you to do, because he's you know sharing his dreams and stuff. I want you to write down these 25 dreams that you want to accomplish in life. And the pilot's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Warren said, and then I want you to circle the top five and never look at the other 20 again. And I, I'm just like, man, that's so good. Because just like you said, we have, you know, 400 things in the day that we're trying to get done. And I love that you, you, you focus it down to, Hey, what are the three things I can get done today? That'll move me closer to my goal. So now you, you, obviously you were at Allison park church for so long, and that's such a staple church when it comes to planting. Um, and we've got some worship leaders, a part of this, myself included, uh, that are a part of fresh church plants. Um, how do you approach leading worship uh, in a church planting church and also on the other side of that in a church plant? You know, when it comes to, you know, budgeting and resources and then just people. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, church plants are not for the faint of heart. I mean, you know this more <laughs> than anybody, Curtis. Um, you know, like. If, if you just want to get into ministry for the the fun of it, you know, like don't plan a church, you know, like <laughs> it's incredibly difficult. And I even think as a worship leader in a church plant or a campus, you have to approach that, you know, like it's, uh, you know, from the ground up in a lot of ways, you know. Hmm. And um, I think one of the things that's helpful is is, number one, just to really have a good heart to heart with your leadership. Um, because every worship leader, all of us come into our roles with preconceived notions about what is effective worship 
and what it should look like, what it should sound like. Um, and we just, we have all of these dreams and these goals, right? But oftentimes they may not be exactly what our leadership really wants or needs, you know? Right, right. And I think our, our lead pastors or our campus pastors are actually better worship leaders than we give them credit for. And here's why they may not be able to sing. They may not be able to play an instrument, but they know their people. Right. Mm. And the important thing about worship ministry really isn't the creativity and the cool factor, you know, of being the trendiest church on the block. Mm -hmm. It's about serving your community. Well, you know, speaking the language of your community and giving voice to your church, not just finding your own voice as a worship leader, but helping your people to really enter in, you know, and maybe that's singing I Exalt Thee for like five minutes on a Sunday morning when there's a lot of other cooler songs you could be doing, you know? Um, So I think it's like, it's really having that heart to heart with your pastor and just being in sync, you know? And if you can't get in sync, like if there's, then you're just not in the right place, you know? You got to be able to submit you got to lead, but you got to submit and know what the overall vision is, right? And um, so, and I would say when you're building a team in a in a in a church plant, it's okay to build small. You know, I learned this from Paul Balash. Uh, he he would always say like, you know, don't just throw a bunch of people on stage just to have a big band, right? You want to have the right people with the right heart and the right skill set, right? It's always harder uh, to tell somebody, you know after the fact, after they're already on your team, sorry, man, you, you're tone deaf, you know? Like, right, right. So be slow with those auditions and don't just put people up there because you feel like you need, you need to have bodies on the stage, right? Um, find those, those two or three people or even less maybe, and just start to build from there and create the culture that you want with a few, right? Wow. Create those healthy systems and structures. Um, and then you'll start to attract, it's kind of magical how this happens. And we all go through seasons where there's, there's a lot of musicians, no matter how big your church is, you know? Um, I mean, I'm working with a church this weekend. That's like 10,000 across, you know, multiple campuses around the city and they still have issues with finding musicians at times. So that never changes, you know? So, um, but I think it's, it's, it's creating the culture you want when it's small and then you'll start to attract the right people to your ministry who are there to serve, who have your DNA, you know, rather than just kind of opening it up to the world and saying, what do you guys want to do? Because if you don't lead and set the tone for the culture you want, everybody else is going to determine what that is for themselves. And then you have a, a, you know, disunity and chaos, you know? Mm. Um, So, I mean, that's, that's what I would say about that. Um, You know, in terms of, of resourcing, um, I mean, obviously the beyond Sunday podcast is a great resource for your team. Just kidding. All Uh, all I heard was Beyonce just then. Okay. Yeah. The Beyonce (laughs) podcast. Right. Oh Uh, my goodness. No, but um, you know, um, Honestly, what I found is helpful is, is like book discussions, you know, like I know Curtis, your, your book is fantastic. Um, your soundcheck book just for, um, just to foster conversations, you know, because if you, if you just let conversation happen, everybody's going to goof off, which is totally fine to have that like fun community within your team, or they're just going to talk about musical stuff, right? We're musicians. We're going to talk about how we nailed that riff, 
or how we got off the click or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to be intentional about fostering um, biblical conversations about worship and about what the Holy Spirit is doing, how he's moving, what people in your team are seeing, you know? So I would often ask my team, what did you, what was God doing this morning? Wow. Um, you know, and that, that pushes your bass player who maybe isn't used to talking about those sorts of things to start to tune into that side of it. Right. You know, or talking about a book or just talking about scripture, um, that sort of stuff. Um, you know, so I don't know if that answered your question entirely, but you just hit it on the head. Like, don't be afraid to start small because you know, you only get one chance when you're building a house to build that foundation. You know, so yep. so if you start to put walls up and a roof up prematurely, that thing's coming down. And I just I appreciate your heart behind that, because, you know, as you said, you're at a massive church this weekend. Still, say, you know, what is it? Mo money, mo problems. Right. Mo, mo, right. mo, mo right. people, same problems. And uh, but man, just in the line of recruiting, you know, what can we do actively to to bring those right people on? What are some of the steps that we can take? You know, and, and I know we've got introverts, extroverts listening, um, but what, what's something maybe like low hanging fruit that we can do this week to start to have the right mindset when it comes to that slow build, when it comes to recruiting? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, you know, there, I wish there was like a magical answer to this, um, <laughs> you know, where it's like, do these three things and you'll have a fully staffed worship team for years to come. You know, when, when you find those, those three things, write that book, David. <laughs> right. You know, if anybody's writing those articles, they're lying or they haven't done it. You <laughs> right, know? right. So recruiting is such a, it's such a challenging thing, but it is kind of the little things over time, you know, hmm. worship ministry or any ministry is really a long game. You know, it's not about like, yeah, you're going to get 25 musicians in an audition who are all amazing. Those of us who've done auditions, we know that most of the time it's pretty frustrating, right? Yeah. Um, you 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 hold, hold, have these auditions and you invite all these people to come. You have 45 female vocalists that show up, right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is great, but you know, um, so it's it is challenging. But I think it's it's just a mindset of saying. I think it starts with like being really excited about your team and your culture, right? Mm. Because that's going to spread, you know? And so I think it's opening your eyes to who's around you, where you are, you know, Um, hanging out in, in the lobby after service, right. And just interacting with people, you know, oftentimes you can spot the musicians, right. Um, And, and oftentimes it's the, the best, volunteers the best musicians aren't necessarily the ones who are coming up to you saying hey i want to play i want to play you know what i found a lot of times those those that are super confident and really want to get involved which is fine but a a lot of times they may not be your best musicians you have to sort of seek them out keep your eyes open who's hanging out around the stage at the end of service you know Mm. um so always sort of having that antenna up or your eyes open to who's around you, right? Another thing you can do if you have some great people involved, oftentimes the people that are on your team who are great know other people, you know? Yep. Just asking people, like, hey, do you know someone? Right. And then they reach out and boom, you got another somebody else on your team, right? Mm-hmm. But you can do that anywhere. Um, so I think it's just, yeah, keeping your eyes open to what's around you, taking some steps that way. 
Um, and, and I'm not discouraging auditions. I think that can be really effective, you know, a couple times a year where you say, hey, we're going to do a big push. We're going to talk about this from the front. We're going to schedule this time and really push to like just kind of dig and excavate and see who's out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to kind of find what works for you. But it starts with you being excited about your culture and creating a culture where people want to be involved where it's not like a place where volunteers are abused, but it's a place where disciples are made, you know, and that's the kind of culture that people are going to want to be a part of, even if you're not paying them. Like, of course, like, yeah, if you're, if you're paying somebody a couple hundred bucks to play a weekend, you'll open up that pool of people who are interested. Right. But you don't have to pay people to have a powerful, uh, worship ministry. You know, people yeah. want to be a part of a great community where there's good friends um, and where God is moving, where you're climbing a mountain together, where you're taking ground together, you know? Mm. So create that culture and you'll start to see it grow little by little. That's so good, man. Well, let me let me kind of segue into this because it's very related to that. You know, we're talking about recruiting for your team. The other side of that is just the leadership, finding worship leaders, raising worship leaders. You've done this so well over your time, not just at APC, but all across the, the country, um, is pouring into leaders, discipling them, raising them up. What are like just a couple ideas, thoughts, if, if you want to start doing that with somebody on your team, uh, what's a great way to just step into discipleship, but more more so almost like an apprenticeship when it comes to raising up a worship leader in, 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 the, in the idea of either sending them out or, you know, what does Andy Stanley say? If you work yourself out of a job, you'll always have one. Um, right. so, so just some thoughts on raising up leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And this probably goes without saying, because probably everybody listening to this is wired this way, but you have to be comfortable in your own own skin. And I think you have to come to a place where you're okay if you're not the best in the room, if you're not Mm. the most talented, right? The best leader does not equal the most gifted, right? The best leader knows how to get the right people in the right place on their team, right? So good. So at Allison Park, I was by far not the best vocalist, hundred percent. Right. But I worked to be able to surround myself with those kind of people. Right. I wasn't the best musician on all the instruments. Right. But I surrounded myself and helped to put people in the right place all around me, you know? Mm. And so, um, I think it's a matter of, of really determining, okay, so if you want to disciple a worship leader, you got to get clear on, okay, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, what, what is worship at our church? What do we value in terms of, of worship leading, right? And every church is going to be a little bit different. There's going to be a lot of similarities, but determining what is our culture, right? What kind of songs do we choose? How do we lead, right? Some churches are very, um, you know, more like laid back and chill, you know, others are, are more out front, you know, very vocal, giving vocal cues, poaching, pulling the room in, right? And so it's, it's like determining. There might be stuff that you just sort of intuitively do at this point that you, you need to like define so that you can pass those along um, to the people that you're, you're mentoring, right? So it's a combination of like teaching, but it's also giving them a lot of opportunity and space to grow, right? Yeah. And, and finding what that is. So it might not be, 
like, okay, step one, Sunday morning. No, step one might be, hey, I want you to come to rehearsal. Mm -hmm. I want you to watch how I lead this rehearsal, and then we're going to talk about it. You know, Mm. Step two is going to be, okay, I'm going to schedule you to sing, but you're not going to lead a song yet, right? It's that whole, like, watch me as I do, and then, you know, whatever that whole you know thing is but you know like and then eventually it's like okay you're on the other side and you're watching the person that you've developed step out on the stage and lead and and so there's a progression there you don't just throw them into the deep end right but you give them space to grow maybe it's not your sunday morning experience maybe there's another alternate service where they can get some experience and grow but the other thing is like you have to give specific feedback right you have to say Hey, here's what you did really well. This was awesome. And here, here's what I want you to work on next time. That's the kind of stuff that is going to help people grow, right? You don't just want them to stay the, the way they are, but you want them to be able to develop and take the next, next step. So you have to be specific about what you're coaching them on and tell them when they nail it, encourage them, but also help them see, hey, here's, here's how you can improve next time right and giving that feedback often right and if you have a culture of encouragement and life and fun it's going to be a lot easier to have those tough conversations you know those that honest those honest feedback moments um because that's just it's just essential if people are going to grow and develop wow. you know so that's so good man i, I think um the intentionality piece is really what I'm getting from you is like, uh, you can't raise leaders by accident. You know, you got to br- bring them into yeah. the room. I love that. Um, so finding those one or two people on your team where you can be that coach and that champion and help them get to that next level. So, so good. Um, yeah. man, I know we've got just a few more minutes here. I want to hit so much. I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hydrant right now. Um, <laughs> You're a great songwriter, not just in the sense of crafting great melodies and lyrics, but in the sense of like writing for your church, knowing what your church needs to sing, whether that's a season that you're in, a series that you're going through, a particular project that you want to hit. Um, talk to me a little bit for the songwriters in the room. Um, you know, how do you take that first step in, in writing songs for your church um, and keep that? I think so, so many times we have eyes beyond our church before we have eyes for our church. And, and so you're yeah. writing a song and man, this is going to be the next, how great is our God? And, 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 you know, it's like, um, write for your church and, and start there. So how do you, how do you do that? Well, David? Yeah, I'll tell you what's, what's not worked for me first. Okay. So it's when I sit down and I just say, I'm going to try to write a good song. <laughs> <laughs> that never works. No. But what what does work and what helps me is when I give myself a little bit of, of a box to work in, mm. that starts to open up a side of my creativity that I might not have seen before. So, for example, I just did a writer's day with a church um, last Saturday and, and basically just structured some writing sessions with a specific topic, right? So mm-hmm. one of those sessions, and this is, I do this personally too, was based on, it was some co-writing groups where it was all about what is God speaking or what is God doing in your church, right? And so there was some healthy dialogue around what God was doing in their church, right? And then they started to write some songs based on that. Um, another session I did was, okay, the word I'm going to give you is glory, 
go write a song, right? Nice. So it gives it gives you a little bit of a uh, you know a framework to then just create, you know. So you have a little bit of structure, and then you just write. So that can also be like uh, a sermon series topic, right? Where mm-hmm. here's the here's the sermon series our pastor's going into, and um, you know you just right based upon that theme you know what i'm saying um so i think it's just all about that just giving yourself some of those um those healthy boundaries that you can can create in you know and and just staying connected to your church and to your people don't allow yourself to be siloed as an artist who just gets up there and does the 15 minutes of singing you know, wow. be a part of, of, of a small group, like get to yep. know the young, the, the, the young people and like your youth ministry, get to know like the, your senior citizens, like get to mm. know your people. And when you know your people, like you're going to be able to write and serve them better with, with just, you know, songs that are important for now, you know? Um, wow. so there's a couple things. Well, man, let me close out with one last topic. Um, you came through Nashville almost a year ago and I had the chance to sit down with you and your awesome and crazy family. I feel like we share that in common. Um, you're such a great dad, such a great husband. You keep family first. And, you know, we say this often and I think sometimes it loses its potency, but our family is our first ministry and just what you guys are doing on the road right now. It's kind of like, uh, uh, putting on supercharge, the relational aspect of, of family. I love that, man. You guys have been on the road for, what, three years now uh, in, in an RV, close quarters, but the memories and the relational capital that you're building will will go so far uh, in, in both of your kids' lives. And I just want to pick your brain for just a brief moment. How do you pastor your family well? How do you, for, for those of us that maybe have kids uh, or, or even, you know, uh, taking that step in marriage, you know, how do you prioritize family and make sure that you're not saying no to the wrong people in your life? Yeah, that's so good, man. And, and I just want to say this, it's not like I always get it right or we always get it right. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's a daily process and it's a daily battle, you know, of, of walking that tension of, of walking out your calling, um, both to your family and to the world or your church, you know, it's, it's definitely tough. But what I found has been good in this season is just being together a lot. So there are still times and weekends where I'm away from the family, but for the most part, we're always together, you know, um, mm. You know, when my wife and I get to like lead worship together, that's wonderful, you know, and the kids can be there with us, you know. Um, So they're they're kind of there seeing it just like it it would be with with you guys in a a local church, you know, but just being intentional Mm -hmm. about that. I found like being intentional about conversations like don't just let things happen, but like ask your kids questions about, you know, what they're seeing like in church and what they're learning and, and talk about worship and model worship in your home, like do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's like, that's so important for them to, to see that. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's definitely being on the road. You would think like, yeah, that must make it a whole lot easier. It's always going to be a challenge, you know? Um, right, right. But I think it's a daily reminder to say, like you said, Curtis, like this, my family is really the most important ministry that I have. 
Um, mm. you know, and so just one like simple thing I've done, my son, Tyler, like he loves to wake up super early. Right. And at first, and there's still times <laughs> where I'm just like super frustrated because I like to have my alone time, you know, and he's up and he's right. like, it's like six o'clock. He's like backflip off of the bed, like dancing around, like ready to go, you know? And so, um, <laughs> I got him a, a one year Bible, you know, for kids. And so, wow. um, so when I'm up and I'm reading my Bible, he's got his Bible too. And so it's things like that. I think that really form a child, you know, where it's like, Hey, my dad wants to be around me, you know, and, and I've got a Bible I can read. He's reading his Bible. We're doing this together, sort of create like just modeling those healthy habits, you know? And I'm not, it's not like that all the time. Sometimes I'm just like, Tyler, just go back to bed, please. You know, <laughs> but I'm trying to be like, how can I create an intentional moment here? That's going to, that's yeah. going to change his life rather than just be frustrated that I can't have more alone time in this little rig. You know what I mean? Um, so wow. I think it's those kind of things like um, just creating, trying to create moments that will be memorable for your kids. You know, I don't want them to grow up and be like, dad always pushed me away. You know, I want right, to be like, right. oh, man, dad brought me right into what he was doing. I felt like I was a part of his ministry, you know, when we're in rehearsal. Wow. I don't care, man. My kids are up on stage, you know, singing and, and jumping around. I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, man, you set that tone so well. And uh, I, I feel challenged. I feel inspired. Um, and I hope everybody listening is able to really take, you know, one or two principles from what we've talked about from being disciplined and songwriting and church planting and pastoring your family, raising leaders. Whew, I feel like uh, we got our notepads full if we're taking notes. So, Thanks, Curtis, man. Thanks for what you do, man. I think I've always just felt there's just a lot of like kindred spirits in, in between what we do, you know, and a mm-hmm, heart for, mm-hmm. for the church and uh, always inspired by, by what you're doing, man. So, so keep up the good work and thanks for investing in these leaders. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.